Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It is Wednesday the 9th of June. My name is Zara Seidler and helping me make sense of today's news is Sam Kozlowski. Making news today, cases in Victoria. An update on the Billawila family. Some good news about Dylan Alcott. And we're going to have a chat about one of the biggest organised crime stings in Australian history. Here's today's Daily Digest. There was some relatively good news out of Victoria yesterday. There were only two locally acquired cases, with the state's outbreak growing to 83 active cases. The Melbourne lockdown, fingers crossed, is due to end at 11.59 on Thursday, and acting Victorian Premier James Molino gave a good sign yesterday by saying that the state was on track to ease restrictions. Molino also confirmed the, quote, missing pieces of the puzzle, aka the origins of the Delta outbreak. The genomic sequencing has been linked to a positive traveller who returned from Sri Lanka on May 8th. To federal politics now and Home Affairs Minister Karen Andrews has announced the government is investigating a range of resettlement options in relation to the Tamil family detained on Christmas Island. This comes after three-year-old Tanika was airlifted to Perth for urgent medical attention over the weekend and a friend of the family yesterday confirmed the young child has been diagnosed with pneumonia. Former AFL Sydney Swans player Adam Goods has declined to be inducted into the AFL Hall of Fame. So the AFL Hall of Fame is an award given to the best of the best in the AFL a number of years after their career has finished and it is voted on by an AFL Hall of Fame committee. It's the most prestigious award in footy. So Goods was nominated for this Hall of Fame, but he declined it, and it comes after he was repeatedly booed while playing AFL during the final years of his career. On Tuesday, the AFL Commission's chairman, Richard Goiter, offered a second apology for the handling of the situation, saying, The unreserved apology that the game provided him in 2019 was too late, but on behalf of our commission and the AFL, I apologise unreservedly again for our failures during this period. It's been really hard for everybody all around the world. Um, Where I'm from in Melbourne, it's currently in lockdown and this is actually live on TV into all of Australia on the wide world of sports. So to my loved ones in Melbourne, everybody in Melbourne, I hope you're okay. To everyone around the world that's doing it tough, hopefully it's getting a little bit better for everybody. And that clip was brought to you by today's human good news, Dylan Alcott, who won his third consecutive French Open quad wheelchair singles title. He defeated 21-year-old Dutchman Sam Schroeder in straight sets to win his 13th overall Grand Slam singles title. Yesterday we reported a pretty remarkable story that resembled a Netflix show more than real life and you guys asked us to take some time to explain it a bit further. So Sam's going to take us through what Operation Ironside actually was and why it was such a big deal. So yesterday morning, Prime Minister Scott Morrison stood up in front of the media alongside law enforcement officials and had this to say. Today, the Australian government, as part of a global operation, has struck a heavy blow against organised crime, not just in this country, but one that will echo around organised crime around the world. Over the course of yesterday, we learned more and more details about Operation Ironside, a three-year operation using an FBI and AFP-designed app. Since 2018, and again, this is real life, Australia, New Zealand and the FBI have used an encrypted app, and it was called ANOM, A-N-O-M, to keep track of organised crime. Now, the best way to think about ANOM is a really, really high-tech version of WhatsApp or Signal, or Telegram. 
If we go back to 2018, the FBI dismantled two of the biggest encryption services made that were primarily used by organized crime gangs. And from what it sounds like, discussions began between international law enforcement bodies with a sense that they knew that organized crime members would be going to another app straight away. And so they thought they would design their own. Now, I have to admit, I've read some reports that tend to suggest that the app actually lent itself to its own handset. And that's where things get a little hazy. We're waiting for law enforcement to give us a few more details there. But most news sources are reporting that it's basically a service that you had to be invited to. So think Clubhouse, except for organised crime. My favourite quote from the press conference yesterday was Australian Federal Police Commissioner Reese Kershaw said, all they do is talk about drugs, violence, hits on each other, innocent people who are going to be murdered, a whole range of things. Slightly different to most of our group chats. So fast forward three years and they have come out with a major announcement that they are dismantling organised crime gangs across the world. But it hasn't actually just been today that they've done that. There's been reports from state authorities, so for example the New South Wales Police Commissioner, who came out and said that they had been receiving tips from the Australian Federal Police for years and they didn't know where those tips had come from, but it led to them making a number of arrests. So it sounds really cool, but... What has it actually led to? Have there been any concrete outcomes from this operation? So from the 25 million messages that authorities were able to intercept on the platform that they had designed for organised criminals to use, police say they have uncovered 21 murder plots over the three-year period and seized more than 3,700 kilos of drugs. What happens to those drugs? I don't actually know. Do they just get lit on fire and burned or are they redistributed to their original owners? I don't know, but it seems like something we should know. So we will revert back tomorrow. More interesting than that is what happens to the $45 million in cash and assets. I noticed there were props from the original Godfather film seized. It is actually the end of the financial year coming up, so we're all getting tax returns. The AFP also said the operation prevented a suburban mass shooting in Australia with the plan involving the use of a machine gun at a cafe. My big takeaway, besides from the fact that there is a shocking amount of organised crime still occurring in Australia that we didn't really know about, is the role of encrypted apps in crime and how permanent their role is. Here's what New South Wales Assistant Commissioner Stuart Smith had to say on the role of encrypted apps yesterday. Look, encrypted systems have been a problem, obviously an emerging problem for law enforcement worldwide. Investigators spend their lives piecing together, you know, little pieces of information which goes with the evidentiary capture to put people before court. So I think the key takeaway if you're chatting about this at work today is that it really stands to prove the sophistication of organised crime from a technological point of view, but also how sophisticated law enforcement is in tackling new threats and tackling new ways that organised crime operates in a global environment. We've actually launched our own operation here at The Daily Oz. It's called Operation Follow. You can execute that operation by following us on Instagram throughout the day. It's where over 110,000 Australians get their news and we look forward to having you on board of our task force.